is Jillian Hainsworth, the Poet Laureate of the City of Buffalo, and I'm chilling with Daydream the DJ on the best podcast, Neat, comma, Straight Up, or On the Rocks, the podcast that asks you, how do you like your life? Today, I like my life really well. Um, uh, I have the privilege of interviewing, um, we're talking with Buffalo's first poet laureate, Ms. Jillian Hainsworth. She is also a published author, author <laughs> I don't know that word today, um, of the book entitled The Revolution Will Rhyme, which is a sick, uh, it's just a sick title. Um, I like the cover too, so... Um, she also has a BA in criminal justice and law focusing on reform, which is awesome, um, especially coming from the hood. Exactly. And That's why. <laughs> um, she is a community organizer and a teaching artist with the Dunbar Project at the Ujima Theater here in Buffalo, which means that she's very busy. So we're going to make sure that we fill in her time today and make it important um, and, and fulfilling. Uh, she has awards from the West New York. Center, Buffalo's Business First, 30 Under 30, and she is the founder of Literary Freedom, LLC. She is going to be a dope-ass ancestor. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. All right, so before we get started, we're going to get uh, this musical interlude out the way. Uh, Eternal Light by the Nationals. This is uh, one of Jillian's favorite songs, and she will tell us all about it when we return. Life we keep it blazing, yeah. 
life yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with melodies, I thought you so no. They're acting like the people don't need it no more Still when she hear that good music, she only closer She groovy now, I know she feeling it for sure She moved to me and rest her bread up on my shoulder Soothingly she tell me if it turn up the sound Have you ever, have you ever been in love? Now bad vibes can't stop this Good vibration, yeah Oh yeah, yeah, yeah That's the positive vibes and we creating, yeah Sounds that make you feel right We keep it blazing, yeah Forever shining this light We keep it blazing, blazing Forever shining this light, oh yeah out if we want to okay. maybe not <laughs> um, but I don't know if I ever told you that I was a I'm still a poet just my art never sees the light of day anymore Why? I, I mean I have a probably like three or four poems on my podcast mm-hmm. but um, as far as performing and stuff like that I, I was performing at a time where I wasn't right mentally okay so all the attention and all the, the accolades and all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm a shy kind of person. I'm an introvert, true introvert. Yeah. So it just really rocked me. Yeah. And I didn't want anything to do with it. And then I just walked away from it all. It's so hard. Like that part, the attention part of it. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm both intro and extroverted. Mm-hmm. But I don't like to be the center of attention. Mm-hmm. I like to just be in the background, laugh with my friends, have a good time. You know, so being in this position where now everybody's looking at me and mm-hmm. people are walking up to me in grocery stores, mm-hmm. like, oh, I love your work. It's so weird, but I know that, like, it's my purpose because if I don't do it, I can't sleep. So yeah. Like, do I want to sleep or do I want to get comfortable being uncomfortable? So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I totally understand Kanye walking around like a ghost. Me too. I completely understand it. I get the isolation, like, when celebrities like start to kind of isolate themselves and, and stop being in public spaces. Yep. I understand. Yep. It's it's terrible, but I, I completely understand it. So I, I didn't have a whole lot of um, people around me to tell me that it was okay. Yeah. That's where Prince and you know a couple people came in that basically said it's okay to be you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm just freaking out. I, you know, I got books and stuff written. I'm just like, no. I don't want none of it to see. I mean, people have heard them. Yeah. Like, people have heard them. I performed them. And then I was just like, mm, I'm just done at this point. I mean, I wrote a poem about a chair at a, um, we call it erotic poetry. Okay. And that was the last thing I ever did. Yeah. Like, I will never do erotic poetry ever again. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. And people afterwards just coming up and talking. and. Yeah. People are not shy about how they feel or what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I just described what it's like for <laughs> a female to sit on a chair and 
from the chair's perspective. Like, okay, and people are like. Yeah, I can understand loved how it, that right? could be. And I was just like, oh, nah, this poem's never, 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 never going to read this poem ever again. Never. Like, oh, my God, I didn't think about it. I was like, mm. <laughs> I was just thinking I was the chair. So, <laughs> and how nice that would be. <laughs> but uh, welcome back. Um, and hello, Miss Hainsworth. Um, that song is entitled Eternal Light by the Nationals. Why did you select that as one of your favorite songs for the for the podcast? It's purely the energy of that song. Like as a as a writer, um, especially somebody who writes about like community issues and, you know, race and all the isms. Mm-hmm. Um, I found at one point that my writing was getting really reflective of that hopeless feeling mm-hmm. of like, oh, we're still dealing with this. Yeah we still got to say we matter. Like, we got to actually say that. Mm-hmm. And my writing started to reflect that. So I had to look at everything that I was taking in, from the news to the music, and say, I have to start taking in things that give me the type of energy that I want to give mm-hmm. my community. Mm-hmm. So that, like, good vibes and, you know, like, things are tough, right? Mm-hmm. But when you are leading people through something, you can't only focus on how hard it is. Right. You got to focus on the end goal, the, the positive parts of the journey, um, the successful parts of the journey. Mm-hmm. So that's just one of the songs that reminds me of like, this is, I'm supposed to be giving people good vibes, making people feel good energy, mm-hmm. empowering people. Because without empowerment, how are people going to start to demand the sustainable changes that our community actually right. needs? Right. And that's the real root of it. Right. So. I needed to just make sure I was putting those like good vibes into myself so mm-hmm. that I can put that out as opposed to just constantly taking in trauma and pain mm. and then trying to call myself encouraging people. Mm. Didn't work. It didn't mm. work that way. Mm. So. I understand. Trust me. <laughs> I actually just put a poem on my Facebook um, about what it's like for the plant to come through the shell of the sea, like the type yeah. of power that you need from the water that you get, from the sun that you get, being in the right soil. Yeah all those things you just talked about because that shell is really hard, you know, especially when there's that, you know, that community element where you're constantly looking at it saying, I have to tell you mm-hmm. that I matter. I'm a person. Like you don't know what that does to an artist, yeah. especially an artist. Like we think about things differently mm-hmm. and we have more emotion in that. And we see through reality and that value of mattering. Right. And that's a hard shell to crack every time you see it on the TV you hear it in the radio songs, you, you see it on the street, mm-hmm. you talk to the children and you hear how they are reflecting the information yeah. that they're getting with self-worth and stuff. So I truly understand that. That's probably why, like I said, thank you for this is all your fault that I started my <laughs> Spotify um, playlists based off of that song. And I've heard some of the best music that I've heard in a long time. It took me back to when I was writing Cause that's the kind of stuff you can sit around and write, and write to all day. Right, right, exactly. So you had a very, very interesting February. <laughs> it's like it should be called Jillowary. <laughs> like you just okay. Schools, speaking at schools, churches, mm-hmm. community events. You would just miss February. So <laughs> tell me about some of those experiences. Yeah, so February is always my busiest month. Mm-hmm. Um, I started performing February 1st of 2017. Mm-hmm. That was the first day that I stood on a stage and made a commitment to make this like a profession. Okay. Um, so this February, I think I had 20 performances. 
Um, Congratulations. Thank you. It's so exciting. Um, I still work, though. I still have a nine to five. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot. It's a lot. I'm also in a class. Mm -hmm. So just managing everything. But I got to go to um, Health Sciences Charter School Mm -hmm. and perform for their Black History Month program. Um, Charter School of Inquiry. Mm -hmm. Some of their students were reading some of my poetry. So their teacher, um, her name is Rakaya Simmons. Mm -hmm. She invited me in. Um, and talking talking to those kids was so interesting. I think they were fifth graders, and they got they a lot wanted, of perspectives. They had a whole lot of perspectives, right. a lot of questions, a lot of personality. They wanted to know about the Black Lives Matter movement mm-hmm. and all that. Um, so that was amazing, just being in front of those kids. One of the um, kids, it was really funny. He was like, "Oh, I heard that one poem you did about the little black boy." If you rearrange the parts, your flow could be a lot better. <laughs> I'm uh, like, not funny. my flow. Right. Um, another Thank kid, you, little critic. Right. Another kid offered to manage me. So oh. I'm like, oh, nice. Okay. But you're in the fifth grade, so. Oh, man. Um, enterprising already. <laughs> yeah. I, I wish I would have enterprised in the fifth grade. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. But it's just, I, I still am not used to people calling me and being like, I want you to come talk. Or mm-hmm. I want you to come perform. I'm always like, why? You know, mm-hmm. um, and I always have this feeling like oh, I cannot do this and before every single thing that I do. Mm-hmm. Like the morning of any day that I have bookings, I'm like, oh, I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the love. It. That's the love of it. <laughs> but then as soon as I like stand in front of those people, mm-hmm. it's just like a different side of me kind of wakes up. The extrovert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it goes back to sleep. And I just run off the stage, literally, as soon as I'm done. Um, Yeah, yeah, my coaches are always like, you got to stay and let people people cheer for you. Let people give you an applause. But I'm always like, look at me as soon as I get done. Well, you got to have your own thing, too. Yeah. So, you know, I I got a lot of mentors who have guided me through some stuff that's just phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. And when you turn around, you're kind of like... I get what you're saying, but I also still have to do what's best for me, what makes me feel, you know, it's my my niche. It's, it's what right. makes me a little bit different than the next person. If I do what everybody else does, then I'm not being true to myself. And that's something that you were talking about in your book, which we'll get back to later. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I'm all about that. Um, and I, my, my wife was just clowning Kanye yesterday and I was just sitting there quiet, tight, like, some people just, you just don't understand, like, when you're a person that's not understood most of your life and you say things and you do things and people misinterpret it, it's hard to tell people and talk to people about it. So when someone gives you advice, like I was talking about with the mentors, they give you advice about stuff. It's like, but that's just not me. Yeah. And when you're an artist, like you focus on the nuance of right. everything, right? So it's like things aren't so clear and black and white there's a lot of different factors that I have to take in right. when I decide to run off stage. As soon as right. I'm, I'm, just, just, I'm just I'm, in I'm this a moment. nuanced type of person. So, yeah. yeah. I'm, this is just how I am. So <laughs> keep doing what you're doing. Uh, it's working. And, and um, congratulations on all your failures and your successes. Thank you. People often forget that it takes a lot of failures yeah. to, I've been on a failure train for five months oh now. Oh gosh. Yeah. And it's, it's a blessing it's been a curse, but it's becoming a blessing. So, mm-hmm. and it's a failure train because I've never received so many no's in my entire life. Yeah. When it comes down to my skill and ability to do things, but that's not their value of me is gone, right? God has given me a new purpose, and all right. those doors are closed. Which again, you talk about in your book. 
So all those doors are closed and I'm actually becoming me mm-hmm. and not who they want me to be. Right. So now I can find the right doors. Different. Right. Because I'm not stuck on the ones that I wasn't supposed to go through in the first place. Right. You know? And yeah. the key word there being stuck. Yeah. Right. Because that's what happens. Stuck. You get stuck. Right. And then, you know, sometimes it just rips off like a band-aid. You're like, yeah. what just happened? But um, so congratulations on all your failures and your successes, um, because it was very difficult to fail and overcome and persevere through those failures and still become successful. So um, I'm experiencing that now for the first time in my life, really. So I have an affinity and an appreciation for what it takes for you to do the things that I listed out earlier. Like, yo, you're doing a lot. Thank you. Yeah, it is a lot. I'm tired. Uh, so once again, just tell your social media stuff. Yeah, so I can be found on Facebook at Poet Jillian Hainsworth. You can find me on Instagram at Poet underscore Jillian underscore Hainsworth. And then my website is www.jillthepoet.com. And there you can find videos, links to purchase my book, um, links to all of my social media accounts, and just more information about why I do what I do, different projects I'm working on, things like and you can find her book on Amazon. Yes. It's where I found it. I'm a huge Amazon person. <laughs> um, Unfortunately, aren't we all? Yeah. <laughs> Trapped. <laughs> Stuck. Stuck. There you go. Right. So tell me about the title, Poet Laureate. Now, I also want to congratulate you on being the first yeah. in Buffalo, which is an amazing accomplishment considering all of the poets that have come through and out of Buffalo yeah. and you are the first Poet Laureate. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah. yeah so I had been trying to get the city to establish the role for about two years. Mm. Um, I would go meet with a council member. They would be like, oh yeah, this sounds great. And then I just never heard from them again. <laughs> um, and then finally I teamed up with um, council member Wingo who was mm. like, all right, let's do it. And I'm like, I'm going to stay on you. Like we have to do this. So Originally, um, I didn't want the role Mm. because there are so many other poets. I'm 29, Mm. right? So there are so many poets who've been doing this longer than I've even been alive. I'm like, we just need to make sure that the city is acknowledging the role that spoken word, that words in general play in our city. (laughs) Words matter. Words matter. (laughs) So we need to really put the city to get the city to put some smoke behind this. Mm -hmm. So that was the whole purpose. I've always had a goal of like one day I'm going to become a poet laureate because that's like mm. the pinnacle of a poet, right? Mm-hmm. You you become the master poet of whatever area you are the poet laureate over. But that was my like 55-year-old goal. <laughs> I'm like once I got to 55, close to retirement. And I guess I you're 55 really now, just, huh? I guess I'm 55. <laughs> right. um, and I remember talking to the council member and I'm like, okay, um, we, had, we laid out all the parameters, everything that is going to be required of the poet laureate, um, which your resume needs to have on it before mm. you're even considered for the role. Mm. And um, we were just talking about everything. We were doing a news interview, and the lady that was interviewing us asked him, like, so who do you think could could do this? And he was like, oh, it's going to be Jill. Uh-huh. And, I'm, like, we're on it. and I'm like, what? Excuse me? Um, Here is the spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I was kind of just put into this role. But it was really important for me um, to just keep continuously reiterating with my words and with my actions. Like, this is not, like, this ornamental, mm-hmm. you get to wear a crown. Like, this is a, a pure service role. Yeah, but like, you're the 
first. Yes. So I'm the you're first. a footprint in yeah. Buffalo's history. Crazy. Like long before you're like way after you're gone. Yeah. You're still gonna be here. Yeah. Yep. You're still gonna you know, people are gonna you won't be able to see this impact. That's how important this thing is, right? Yeah. That they're gonna be reaching back and saying, I've been inspired by this person. You know, like they talk about Nikki Giovanni. Right. Right. This yeah. person did this step and I'm now able to take these steps because of that. So yeah. you have made your mark on history, not just in Buffalo, but history in general. And that's getting your roses, literally getting your roses. I guess it's maybe it's the 29, I'm going to live forever in me. Mm-hmm. That makes it hard to, to see it that way, mm-hmm. I think. Or maybe it's because I'm, I'm still living in it. Um, but yeah, I, I do. I feel like it's a big deal, but I don't feel mm-hmm. like it's a big deal. To me, it's just like, it's just me. I'm doing the same thing I was doing before I got the role. And that's why it's you. <laughs> And that's why a lot of people couldn't handle it the way you're handling it. That's why it's you. Maybe walk around. Da, 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 da. Yeah, can't do that. Cannot do that. No time for that. Congratulations. It is a huge honor bestowed upon Thank you. I am honored. I really am. I hope so because, like I said, you have no idea what this is how you're going to impact history and the future. Yeah. Based on what you've done so far, and that that at some point you're going to turn around and go. Because when I was doing my research on you, I was just like, wow, I've known Jill for years. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm watching her and I'm seeing the percolation like, OK, yeah. things are happening. Things are happening. Great. Great. And then I said, well, let me research. I was like, oh, I got to get her on the show. <laughs> it's been a minute. Let me reach out and see what she's doing and see if she'd like to come on the show and let me have some questions, because that's just interesting. Like yeah. the, the elevation to prove that can be made, especially, like I said, on this failure train I'm on, to see people doing things and staying consistent with stuff is Mm -hmm. uh, a great motivator. Yeah. Right? Um, So, uh, did you ever have a poetry name? Or has it always just been Jillian Hainsworth, poet? It's always been my name. Um, I remember when I was younger, so I grew up singing. So I I wrote songs before I started writing poetry. and I remember being like, oh, I'm going to come up with this, like, alias name. So when people read my stuff, they don't know that it came from me, but they can still enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, I don't always like to be the center of attention. Right. So I'm like, if I still have to get the message out, they don't have to know who the messenger is. Um, and I remember talking to um, either my mom or my dad. And one of them said something along the lines of, like, people need to know mm-hmm. it's you. Because you need to know, like, mm-hmm. it's you. So... I've always had like confidence issues as a child. Mm-hmm. So being able to use my own name is not just letting other people know that it's me. Mm-hmm. It's me letting me know that this is coming from me. Mm-hmm. So even if I can't believe that people want to book me for shows or I can't understand why they want me to come and speak at their, you know, high school graduation mm-hmm. ceremonies, it's still me. Right. So we're going to use my name. Right. <laughs> so I that's, yeah, it's, it's more, more more or less a mental thing than than just wanting to use my name. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I've always just used Jillian Hainsworth. <laughs> That's awesome. Because yeah. um, I know how long it took me to create all these different masks that I was going to go under. You mm-hmm. know, in one place, this is my face. And then in the next place, this is my face. And this is who I am with yeah. this mask on. And I wish I would have had that kind of guidance to just go 
cut that. <laughs> just cut it. Just, yeah. just who you are, be who you are, and go with it. Um, yeah. And that's and it, becoming more evident now. Yeah. But. And it is a struggle to use my own name. Like, let me not pretend for one second that, like, just using your own name all the time is the best decision. Mm-hmm. Um, I still work. I still have a full-time job. So it's hard sometimes when I'm in, I'm in a work space. You know, I got my work cap on. Mm-hmm. And... I'm in a meeting, right? And the meeting's not going well. Or in a Zoom meeting, it's a little tense. And then someone says like, oh, we have jail. So how can you do a poem for us? You know, so a lot of times, because the community sees me as this poet, it blurs the lines of Mm. when I'm at work and when I'm not. So I know eventually I'm going to have to go down a road. (laughs) I'm going to have to go one way or the other. But um, Or combine them. Or combine them. Mm -hmm. Um, That's always... And, you know, I... Full-time, I, I do work in community organizing and injustice work. So I, I like to try to build those principles into my writing, and that's kind of my way to combine the two. Um, but yeah, so it's not always easy with people knowing my name. It typically causes some, you know... Animosity, some anxiety, some, yeah, you just kind of get all, Yeah. Just, just chill. <laughs> right. I'm, like, I'm trying to think about this right I'm now. You want to poem. Minutes. Like, yeah, <laughs> right. so, yeah. I can't speak and take the minutes. Like, <laughs> man, I got to think about the poem that's coming out. People just yeah. think that it's like that. Let it go. Like, I, I'm not a rapper. I can't mm-hmm. freestyle. I don't have books and books and books of rhymes and pretend that I'm freestyling right. right now. That doesn't work. Right. And I do memorize my poem, my poetry. So I have maybe between 30 and 40 poems memorized. in my head right now. Yeah. Um, but also, like, you have to teach people to value you, too. Mm-hmm. So I don't want people to think that because we're in a professional setting, you can get me to just do a free performance. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I still want to get that invoice out. Mm-hmm. So even down to, like, you, you can't take advantage of the fact that I'm in this room with you in this space. Um, so learning how to put my foot down in that way is very hard. I'm not a business really woman. Hard. I'm a business woman. Period. <laughs> I'm Period. just business. So, so you're going to yeah. pay me for these words because it took a lot for them to come out. So much. People don't understand what the last five years have been. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, and I said I can appreciate it um, being a poet myself because mm-hmm. it doesn't, it's not just cat in a hat rhymes. Nope. It's, you got to put a lot of emotion yeah, you got to go through something to and, be able to write about it. And you got to be able to articulate and get your point across yeah. so that it's vivid and people understand it. And, you know, some people guess or want to guess, you know, what the poem is about or mm-hmm. whatever. But you really want to get that information out. So it's, it's about communication. Yeah. Effective communicating. So exactly. that's why I love it. But um, because in my everyday life. I'm so misunderstood. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> like, let me say it again. Let me r- make it rhyme. I've got to say it like five times now. So <laughs> when I, just pick one of the five. <laughs> I always have a joke that like, maybe if I, if I rhymed when I said that, people would understand mm-hmm. better. Like, maybe I just need to only <laughs> talk to <laughs> I was watching this thing with Kanye the other day, and he said, um, he says it 10 times. And he used to get frustrated when people would be like, oh, you're saying the same thing 10 times. And he's like, no, it's just a symphony. Yeah. And you just don't understand that it's a symphony of my expression. Like 10 different verses of mm-hmm. the same, with the same thing. Like pick whichever one you want to be on. Right. But I'm saying it to everybody. I was like, I hate you kind of. Because <laughs> <laughs> it just makes so much more sense. Like beautiful symphony. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that easy? Okay. <laughs> like, oh, okay. 
And now, I mean, that wraps up being misunderstood, right? When you're misunderstood, you spend a lot of time trying to explain yourself to people. And that's just, you know, even though you are a great communicator, you still kind of look at people like, why are you not understanding the words that are coming out of my mouth? Right, right. And it's it's frustrating because a lot of times people hear to interpret, they don't hear to actually hear you. Right. So it's like, I also have you, you're battling is it that I'm not communicating well or is it that you are not trying to understand what I'm trying to say? Because I can say things in every language and in every way and I can make it rhyme. But if you're not ready to understand, that's where the communication error is. And that is why I will never do erotic poetry. <laughs> <laughs> that's just not going down. It's like, what are you talking about? It's a poem. Yeah. I am Every not time. a chair. What are, you, what are you talking about? It's a poem. I should be able to write from different platforms. <laughs> Goodness. But um, uh, so what made you get into poetry and writing? Yeah. So um, <laughs> I have two older sisters. They're twins. Oh, wow. Um, growing up, I was, there were three of us in our household. I'm the youngest, right? So... Um, it was mom, just always dad, that. Just y'all three. <laughs> just, mom yeah, and dad was have... just, just us three. <laughs> it was just the three of us, like um, <laughs> trying to finish it out. Yeah, trying to make it happen. <laughs> um, it was okay. The three of us and my mom, and my mom got remarried, so we had our stepdad. Um, but I was just kind of the the shyer kid, the one that didn't get as much attention because, like, seeing two beautiful twins, you know, that typically draws everybody's attention. It was like Jennifer Jocelyn, their, their little sister. Um, Plus traditionally the third child just... The third child is just, man. like, you should have just stopped. Like, I didn't even... Don't worry, <laughs> she can stand on the table. She'd be all right. She's <laughs> fine, right. Yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of a way to just express myself. I've always been drawn to the arts. Mm-hmm. My mother is an amazing singer. Um, we had a recording studio in our basement. Mm-hmm. Um my uncle is a writer and can play the drums. My grandfather can play the drums and the guitar and can write. It's in that DNA. Yeah, so it was just, it was just inevitable. It was mm-hmm. just something that just came very naturally to me. Um, but the older I got, it was really to be understood, right? Right. To give myself a chance to understand me. Um, I did stop writing for four years um, mm. when I was in college and a little bit after because I did not know until college that I'm dyslexic. Mm. So when I found out, I lost all my financial aid. I had to work to pay my, my way through school. Wow. But I lost my confidence as a writer. Yeah. So it's funny because when I started performing professionally, when I came home, a lot of people I went to school with was like, hold up. <laughs> what? <laughs> that ain't the same light I saw. Right. Like, <laughs> it's that's a whole different light. <laughs> but in college, I really focused on just learning to be a leader mm. and learning to be um mm confident who I am. I went to a predominantly white college mm. after growing up on Kittleton and Bailey pretty mm. much my whole life. That's culture shock. So it was huge culture shock. And I'm like, if I can master knowing who I am in this environment, mm-hmm. nobody's going to be able to tell me anything anywhere. So that's, that's, that's what I tried to learn to do. Um, but yeah, writing was just, it was just in my blood. Um, mm. And I used to I loved writing songs. Um, I went to high school for singing. I went to performing arts. Mm. Um, got into college for singing. But then it started to feel more like a chore mm-hmm. and less like a passion. So I'm like, I still want to write and I still want people to hear what I'm writing, but I don't want to sing it. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to say it. Right. <laughs> um, 
yeah. feels better when I project this way. It just feels it just it just feels different. It just feels like a different type of power flowing through me when I do spoken word than it did when I sang. Mm. So yeah. Well, good, good. Congratulations. Yeah. I'm very happy to have you in that circle because there are people that are there that do it for all the wrong things, just yeah. like everywhere else. So right. to have people who um, it just becomes or it just is who they are, yeah. you can see it, you can feel it. Um, and again, with all the ways you're expressing these things in your life, you know, your light is very bright. And you're shining all over the place. <laughs> you're doing <laughs> all kinds of things. <laughs> People are seeing it and appreciating it. And um, to be so humble is a great tool to have. Um, and that's just you. So maybe being third in line helps. <laughs> maybe. you know. But my mom always tells me, she always used to say this and she still says it to this day, you are only one decision or one mistake yep. away from being anybody. Okay. So don't you ever think for one second that because you have a talent or a gift that you are now bigger than the people that you're supposed to be sharing that with. So Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. Um, so tell me about Literary Freedom LLC. Why yeah. did you decide to begin this venture? I mean, I know. I'm, you know, <laughs> after doing all this research, I got a pretty good idea that's in your DNA. Mm-hmm. So why did you do why did you decide it so that other people can hear? Yeah, so Literary freedom um, encompasses my performance work um, and then also my community work. So I've been performing for five years, but I never had like an official business. Mm. Um, I had just been kind of doing my thing and cashing the checks. (laughs) But I'm like, okay, well, number one, for like tax purposes, I got to tighten up Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and I need to have like an actual business. Um, I was talking to my older cousin, her name's Felicia Dove. She owns Black Monarchy. Mm. Um, And we were just trying to come up with- Tell her I'll see what she did there with the Dove and the Monarchy. (laughs) Sweet. (laughs) I see what she did. Yeah, she's fine. (laughs) Um, We were just sitting in the store though. We were just coming up with different names. I don't want my business to just be my name because that's my performance name. Mm. So we kind of came up with that name together. And then um, I started doing a lot of community projects Mm. and people started wanting to make donations Mm. for my project. So I'm running a project called Buffalo Books and I'm building little library boxes. And the goal is to place them all around the east side, but Mm. then also to buy books from local authors to put in them. So we're creating our own distribution stream Mm. within our city, putting money in people's pockets, but also making sure that um, people, not just kids, but people who live on the east side, which we know is historically excluded from progress, um, are still getting literacy access tools. Perfect word. It summed it all up. Yeah, just excluded. Excluded progress. (laughs) Yeah. So... I'm like, you know, I, I truly believe that like reading, writing, that that part of education where you're learning those critical thinking skills, learning mm-hmm. how to think for yourself, that that is like the key to like freeing yourself. So that's where literary freedom came from. It's a combination of my words that you hear me say when I perform, but also the projects I do to make sure that literacy tools are being placed directly into the hands of our people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where it came from. My wife has been bugging me to get a book, um, like you talked about, mm-hmm. on our front lawn. She's like, I just want one. And I was just like, okay, so just make it happen. And she's like, but I don't think 
you understand. I want one, which means you have to go do it. And, <laughs> and you make it happen. So you want me to dig out and put this thing and put the books in there, and then uh, so I understand the yeah. value of that. Especially well, I've been able to up. make that happen for her, so we'll talk. Yeah, on the way out when we're done, you yeah. know, we'll call her down. As yeah. you can see, she's already made contact a couple times <laughs> on the way down or on the way out of the studio. She'll um, we'll make sure you guys talk about it because she's yeah. definitely like I just want one because it's important and she's a reader, so. right? Yeah, and beyond books, like I'm going to be working with some local organizations and authors to create guides on how to teach your kids how to process information, mm-hmm. how to how to think critically, you know, because it's not just it's a can skill. we read, can we read, mm-hmm. right? We could read anything, but can we understand it? Can we process it? Because mm-hmm. um, that's it? where, can you apply it, right? Can you have some discernment to mm-hmm. kind of distinguish what's real and what's not? Um, no. <laughs> Tell you right now, no. So we're gonna work on that. We're gonna work on that. It's a whole generation of kids deserves that, that. Yeah. And, they, and they deserve it. But because of you know COVID right now, you know you have kids who were out of school for two years. Um, on both ends, you had kids who didn't get the proper first grade yeah. experience that are now in second grade. Right. And then you didn't get the, the kids that didn't get the proper senior year in high school, mm-hmm. which gives you a little bit of freedom. It doesn't give you all the freedom that yeah, college gives you. <laughs> but yeah, those 11 years of being in a regimented system and right. then that 12th grade where you get to have a couple electives, at least I did, mm-hmm. I was able to leave a little bit early because I was interning and doing different okay. things. Yeah. And then when I got to college, college it was still a shock mm-hmm. but I was at least like kind I, of yeah I, I know how to deal yeah. with this which I absolutely hated college by the way but <laughs> that's another topic <laughs> for but another and then day. we also have like parents right who haven't been in school in years and all of a sudden you're a homeschool teacher like what <laughs> we need to learn from the computer they have to learn from a computer um they're not getting textbooks from school and even if they did then those textbooks aren't Aren't what they need to be learning. It's all, you know what I mean. So there are so some schools so that don't paper. even use textbooks. They right. just use their. So it's the progress. Right. You said it. Yep. The progress. Like they know that this isn't working, and they still are like, right. Fight over these scraps. Right. Presents. Right. So. so I wanted the community to understand that, like when I say words can free you, it's not because I want you to book me. It's not just because I want to make sure that my calendar is getting full. It's because I genuinely believe that. So I have to be about that in everything that I do. So I was like, I have to, while I'm out here trying to, you know, make money and perform and be a working artist and come up, you know, off of my God-given gifts, I also need to make sure that I'm investing something back into my city because this is what made me, um, but something that's going to help people and educate people as opposed to just... Make people feel good that's awesome i mean with all that you've done in i'd say 10 years yeah between eight to ten years you've lived a life greater than most people have lived <laughs> their entire life right yeah, yeah. and you still want to do more because it's just in you so that's yeah. awesome so i again <clears throat> here's some roses because that's important <laughs> so we're gonna take a quick break we'll be back um Another one of the tracks that you selected was by Mac Miller, What's the Use? So we're going to play that and then we're going to come back and talk about why you chose that, which goes with what everything we just talked about. <laughs> so uh, we'll be back with uh, Miss Jillian Hainsworth, Buffalo's first poet laureate.
streets ain't flowing like me, motherfucker, hold up You don't need to hold up Yeah And I can show you how I seem, what it is, what it truly might be Nothing that you know of You don't need to hold up I'm so above and beyond You take drugs to make it up, way up where we on Space shuttle Elon Time we don't waste much, fuck when we wake up Then I have her sang just like Celine Dion Catch me if you can, but you'll never catch me, damn Hope not it, yes I am All the way in with no exit plan Already left in the jet, don't land Yeah, the time is ticking, come take a racket Inside, it's highly different I'm talking flack, I'm a pilot with him uh, Can I mind my business? Why you tripping? Give you something that your eyes can witness Ooh, you too close I don't understand why you're doing the most You can love it, you can leave it There's saying nothing without it It wasn't so funny Made a promise to the homies Nobody go hungry Look how far we came Still they throwing dirt on my name But it never worried my brain Heads turning like a hurricane Swerving till the sun Get up out of my shade They don't get the picture Cut them out of that frame Shit I'm up 30,000 miles plus change It's been a while But I'm down till I'm out And it is what it is Till it ain't surrounded in the poetry community in Buffalo. Yeah. Um, many moons ago, I sound ancient, but <laughs> I, I talk to people ago. all the time. Like, I've lived four or five different lives in one lifetime. Yeah. And during this part of my life, one of the lives that I lived, um, I was doing pretty well with poetry. 
Like if I had kept going, I could have made a lot more from it, right? I have a CD which I sold, traveled around and sold um, through spoken word. Um, I was writing a book, which I have to sitting in a uh, waterproof, what's named just chilling because it's like a time capsule now. Um, When I pass away, I want people to kind of pick it up and look at it and be like, oh, he did. I'll publish it. Yeah, that's just gonna happen before you pass. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> I'm working on another one right now. Okay. Um, which I, I it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be good. But um, and I'm not doing it because I want it to be good. I'm doing it because I have to get it. Out. Yeah. It's it's clogging up. Mm-hmm. But um, so I was definitely in love with the movie Love Jones, right? So there are some bands out there now that are in the city of Buffalo that are tearing it up. Yeah. Like full scale bands, right? Yeah. That started with me. Wow. We put the pieces together when we were doing the Love Jones poetry sets, right? Wow. So I had a TV show and Uncle Johnny's is on the corner uh was on the corner of Maine and Utica. Okay. It was an ice cream parlor, black owned, right? Mm-hmm. And in the back he had given me the space to shoot this and back then it was it wasn't a blog right but I had people coming in they were doing poetry we were doing yeah. interviews um, it was kind of like a TV style mm-hmm. we put out the furniture and everything right we just used it revamped it right wrote scripts we sat we met did everything filmed it um, and artists come through and they perform and stuff like that and that, that was it it was like wow right nobody yeah. else was doing it at the time yeah so then we elevated from that to across the street next to the um the N- nft building okay. the nfta building mm-hmm. there's a, a restaurant right there i forgot what it's called but we we went in and put in those live bands wow. and was doing poetry and having poetry nights with the live band that wow. was love jones style and people came by like people was coming out yeah and we were just walking around handing out flyers right people was coming out they were taking pictures. Mm-hmm. They got the, the bar. We got the door. Yeah. Right? Which was unheard of back then. Yeah. And um and whatever else we sold, right? Right. And they was like, as long as we get the bar and the food, right. you guys are good at the door or whatever, right? So um the band played for everybody. Mm-hmm. And they just came in and you know, the band's playing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And if somebody wanted to just walk up on stage, get up on stage and perform. Wow. Uh, it was just oh, that's awesome. amazing. It's just awesome. People sit down, they're drinking, lights are low. Like, it was straight up Love Jones. I love that. And we had a good time doing it. And I was doing that for, I think I did that for two years before I was just like, okay, I got to go get a job. <laughs> go yeah, work. we need to bring those back. People have been telling me, like, oh, can you arrange, like, a open mic? And I'm like, no, like, I'm tired. <laughs> but... It's, no, it's, no, it's easy to do. It's not difficult. The locations are open everything's opening back up mm-hmm. um reaching out to the bands and all the other stuff was different it's gonna be difficult because those they have an art they get paid right. for it right yep. so it's not like i'm saying this is my business i got money i can pay you to come play and do all this other stuff it takes a lot of moving yeah. back then it was just you know i know how to play the drums and i know somebody to know how to play the guitar right and i know how to play the guitar I know, so like, and then we just started pinching off money, like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Here's what we got from the door tonight. I wasn't keeping much. We didn't make that much yeah. for me to keep. We had to pay. Yeah, to disperse it. Yeah. yeah. But the poets was just, poets came from all over. Yeah. Sheesh. 
and they were selling their merch and they were selling their CDs. Nuts. That's fire. Yeah, so that's why I said I used to dabble. Yeah. Uh, the best Probably part of more the than TV dabble. show. I had a great life. <laughs> that was a great life at that time. Sounds like it. It was, but it was, you know, here and gone. So uh, we're back. Thank you for um, listening to me, Comma Straight Up or On The Rocks, the podcast that asks you, how do you like your life? I told you that I like my life. Mm -hmm. And we got a poet here today. We have Buckles, first poet laureate. So we're talking about a lot of the stuff that I did also um, when I was in the poetry circle in Buffalo. Um, Some of the artists that have murals and stuff up Mm -hmm. all around the city were all poets performing as well. So there's a a very rich history of poetry in the city of Buffalo in the early 2000s, Mm -hmm. right to 2005, 2006, I think. So Mm -hmm. Uh, that was What's the Use, that song that we just heard was What's the Use by Mac Miller. It was selected by our own poet laureate, Jillian Hainsworth. Uh, Why'd you select that song? Um, So that's another like vibe song. I just love, I love the music, I love the bass line. Um, I remember hearing that song for the first time and when I heard that last line of his second verse where he says mm-hmm. it's been a while but I'm down till I'm out and it is what it is till it ain't yeah. that's kind of I feel like maybe maybe it's because I just grew up in the hood right mm-hmm. um, but I, I do acknowledge that everything that's presented to me is not guaranteed to be mine forever Right. so all I can do is grab what is do the best that I possibly can and recognize that it is what it is till it ain't and then when it's not I gotta I gotta adjust I gotta pivot and you know figure out how to keep following my mission and my purpose in a different way Mm -hmm. um I am the first poet laureate of Buffalo but I'm not gonna be the only one right and I have to keep telling people this like eventually and sooner than later um there's gonna be somebody else Mm -hmm. That's not going to be me no more. It ain't. <laughs> so, oh, it's you forever. And ever <laughs> well, and ever and ever. Right. It's you forever. Um, but yeah, so it's just kind of like my reminder of take advantage of, of every opportunity that you have. I always uh, make this joke with my mom. Like, if I touch it, I take it. Mm. It's like, no, that I mean that though. Mm. Like, if, I, if I touch it, I'm taking it. I'm not like, taking you to the store I'm, at all. <laughs> you can't go to the store with me. Because <laughs> we walking out with all the airheads. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just that's just kind of like my reminder of that. Like, just seize every opportunity, seize this moment in my life. I don't know how long it's going to last. I don't know how long my life is going to last, right. right? But I do know that everything that is being offered to me, I'm taking and I'm taking advantage of it and I'm trying to flip it and serve it back to my community in a way that we can all take advantage of. And that's just what it is till it's not no more. Right. And that might be the answer to what we talked about earlier um, with the show, right? Always looking at something and saying, we got to proclaim that we're valid again. Mm -hmm. There's another beating again. There's another killing again. Right. I can just keep pouring in what I can pour in to kind of offset that until right. somebody else pours in and it just keeps happening. Right, so exactly. That might be the answer. I think you're onto something there. Tell me about your uh, yourself, your family, uh, where you're from. Yep, so grew up right here in Buffalo, um, pretty much on the east side my entire life until now. Um, I live closer to downtown now. Um, I have two older sisters, my parents 
Well, I grew up in the church. My mom was a praise and worship leader to this day. Um, my dad's a pastor. Um, so I'm from a, a church family. Uh, my grandfather started our church. My grandfather, his parents actually started the first Church of God in Christ in Syracuse. Um, Look at you. It's in yeah. your DNA. <laughs> we starters. DNA. Huh? <laughs> um, Steelers and starters. <laughs> period. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so church is a big part of my life. Um I my parents are divorced, so I didn't grow up in a house with my dad. Um, but my dad is he was in law enforcement for most of my life. Um, so it's always interesting when people hear like the work that I do now, um, and then to think like, oh, like my dad was in law enforcement. But I feel like I was really privileged because I think my dad's servant heart, because he's a pastor, mm-hmm. was always the dominant part of him. Um, and sometimes you got to make a change from the inside. Yeah. You can't always make it from the outside. So him being in law enforcement is not a bad thing. Right. Man. Right. Um, I got yeah. friends that are in law enforcement and they always say that that's the crutch. People always want to use it like we're just negative because you got one bad person. I was like, well, uh, now you know how that. black people feel. <laughs> yep. Yep. Welcome. Yep. We got one black Welcome. person that feel that did something and now we all black. Yep. Now we all guilty. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I went to a lot of different schools growing up, um, almost every year until fifth grade. And then I went to a different school in seventh grade, and then I graduated from a different school. So I went to a total of seven or eight schools, all Buffalo Public Schools. Sounds like your February. Of one. Yeah, literally. <laughs> like just February. school hopping. You prepared for it. <laughs> you learned it was back hard. Then. It was hard to find my place. It was hard to find my thing. Um, I have twin sisters, right? So it's hard to be in the shadow of two sisters that are twins. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was always hard. And I, I've always been a little more quiet and reserved. I'm very silly once I open up to people, mm-hmm. but I'm not quick to open up to people. Um, so it That's just made, project life. Yeah, listen. Rick James said it. Set <laughs> project life. It just it, it made it hard. Yeah. It made it hard. Um, I need a minute before I got to look at you really good before yeah. I let you in. Seriously. Yeah. I need to be able to read people. Um, so when I was in high school, I, I really started writing more short stories and poetry. My best friend, her name's Tamiko. Um, she used to always read all of my work. Even to mm-hmm. this day, she helps me with everything because I am a one-woman business. Yeah. Um, Truly, true day one. <laughs> seriously. Seriously. First day of seventh grade, it's been it's been us. So um, yeah, in high school, I really started to focus in on writing, and I also was the captain of the debate team. So I was mm. learning how to how to exert my voice. Um, it's good to see the the ball of clay being shaped. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like all the things as you're going through it, and I'm out, I'm on the outside looking in. Right, you lived this life, obviously, yeah. but I'm sitting here picturing. I'm having actual visuals of all the things. Yeah, that made you who you are, and everything that I read about, because mm-hmm. it's all the same. It's yeah. literally in your DNA yeah. to do and be this person that you are, this wonderful person that's making this huge impact on our planet. Yeah. In human life. Yeah. You weren't you weren't possessed <laughs> with the, the evil demon. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, but I, I I was always a student that I either either kind of went under the radar, like I said, I'm dyslexic and nobody I never found out. Mm. Um or That's no one just took a chance on me. Right. Um 
I remember being a senior and deciding I want to go to college. Um, talking to my guidance counselor, and she's like, "Listen, I hope you get an ECT. Mm. That's it. That's that's the, that's the best, extent that's the of your best advice you got yeah. <laughs> when it comes to college right now. Finance. That's the best financial advice yeah. you could have gotten at this she, time. She's definitely she's on like some like that's your ceiling. Damn, that's, that's what you can up. do. Um, and I remember she was like, you know, we can as long as you have a criminal record, we can get you an ECT. And I'm like, no, I think I want to go to this college. It's called Fredonia. It's like an hour away. So I'm close to home. I'm still in New York State, but I'm like not at home. Yeah, she limited um, you like that, though. Yes, she was like, I don't know. I don't know if you can get in. Um, so I applied to one college, and mm-hmm. that was Fredonia. And I was like, well, if I don't get in here, then I'm not going nowhere. Mm-hmm. So I got in, thankfully. Um, I got in through it's a all program, God. literally. Oh God! I got in through a program for students that excel in sports or the arts, um, but may not have the best grades. So my GPA was always amazing, mm-hmm. but my test scores and SAT scores were always in the trash. Um, I'm against standardized testing. For anybody that's listening, I, I kind of thought you were going to say that. I don't <laughs> know what made me stupid. think you were going to say that. <laughs> it's so stupid. Um, but yeah, so, so nobody really, nobody would take a chance on me. Um, I had a ceiling. But God. But God, right? right. So but I started God. college, and during college, I kind of became the voice representing the Black students. I was the BSU president. I was on the president's cabinet. I was a student judge. There's that clay being um, shaping again. Yeah, and I didn't know why I was in this position. I remember my God senior was year. You up. Listen, so Fredonia has this weekend called Fred Fest, and it was like our big party weekend. It was always in the spring. Um, my senior year, Fred Fest, um, a friend of mine got body slammed by a police officer. And I wasn't at that party, I was at a different party. Um, but when I got back, when I got up the next morning, a bunch of people were sitting in my living room. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, what's up? <laughs> and they told me what happened. I'm like, you need to do something about this. Mm-hmm. So that you, kind was of- was Ice Cube and Higher Learning? <laughs> I was like, they, the nickname <laughs> for me in college was Olivia Pope. <laughs> oh, I hear it. <laughs> yeah. I'm for that That one. was me. Yeah. Um, so I was constantly being put in these positions where I had the choice of either going against the, the relationships that I had developed with the president of the school mm-hmm. and, you know, the faculty um, and staff or aligning myself with my with the students mm-hmm. and being like, I don't care about the letters of recommendation that y'all can write me. What are they going to do? I'm in college. Period. Right. So, <laughs> I'm already here. Um, yeah. So I decided to just use my voice to represent the students. And um Another thing that happened my senior year as the BSU president, our budget got cut like twelve thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and there was this constant complaint about like, oh, BSU's events are like on the black students, and it's like, no, they're not. <laughs> they're designed for us because there's no other space for us here, right. but they're open for anybody who pays an activity fee, right? Um, and I held up that budget for weeks mm. to the point where like the president of the school is going to be like, okay, Jill, what can we, we do? We need you to stop. Because until I said, okay, I can agree with the budget. The college could not push their budget forward mm, because of the affiliation with the student. Yeah, because yeah. they have to itemize the activities fees. Right. So I'm like, no, I don't care. I'm not doing it. So I did all these presentations. There you go, stealing again. Touching you taking it. Um, in between, just working with um, students and working with other departments, we were able to restore seven 
of that 12. So mm-hmm. we ended up with a $5,000 budget cut, which was normal for um, the time that we were in. Um, but yeah, I just kind of learned how to use my voice. And I came back on some like Angela Davis, like, mm-hmm. let's go, like burn it all down type of energy. Would that be why <laughs> you have on a fight back shirt with Huey P. Newton <laughs> listen, as the author? I, I, I'm listen, hearing you. Huey P. Newton is my guy. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, yeah, so I just kind of turned into this, like, it's all or nothing. Like, you are with me or you're against me. And if you're against me, let's go. Yeah, type be of ready. personality. Yeah. Um, so when I came back home, um, I was just trying to find a job. I started working with the Boys and Girls Club. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's doing where that we kind met. of work. That's where we <laughs> met. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I remember watching um, Darren Wilson, the officer that brutally murdered Michael Brown. Mm-hmm. And... Um, seeing that he wasn't going to be charged with anything for that murder. So I had a notebook and I was writing down different places that I just applied to. Um, and at the top of the piece of paper, I wrote, I wish the little black boy did something wrong. And that moment, it was kind of like, this can be an outlet for me. Mm-hmm. Like all of this energy, all this, I want all the smoke type of energy mm-hmm. can go into this. Like, I can do this. And my confidence kind of came back in like a, a moment as a writer um, so I put that poem on Facebook and then maybe a couple of days later, UB hit me up and was like, can you come do this? I have like history month program. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, cool. I'll do it. So I went and did it. And then before I could leave the room, I had three more shows booked. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's my, I feel like my life has kind of led up to this moment. It's not like I'm off par with no, <laughs> who I, I am. It don't seem um, like you even had a choice in the matter. It doesn't feel like I had a choice. And it's crazy because for all the people who told me that I couldn't do it or, you know, you can't get into college Mm -hmm. or, you know, I I can't understand the difference between the lowercase b and d. But instead of my teacher trying to figure out why, she's Mm -hmm. right ball and dog a hundred times. Yeah, I'm Punishment. Yeah. So punishing me for something I had nothing to do with. Right. Yeah. and I finally got to that moment where I was like, all of those things that happened throughout my life that at the time felt like people were um, slamming doors in my face or using me as a punching bag or um, saying that I couldn't, saying that, you know, chill out with your dreams, be more realistic, um, helped me have a better understanding of how to represent my people. Mm-hmm. Because none of this is exclusive to me. I'm, I'm not special, right. you know? Right. You can go outside and ask anybody, hey, did your high school principal think you were going to go to college? And they're probably going to be like, I don't even remember who my high school principal was. <laughs> I don't remember my counselor. Listen, seriously. So nothing is special. That, yeah, it's not. I'm not special at all. At all. So oh. it's like, but but my my life steps have been have been preordained. Oh no doubt. So he was done and rested on the Sunday. <laughs> period. The seventh day he rested. <laughs> so your life was already done. Yeah. And it's perfect to sit here and hear it and again watch that ball of clay being shaped into what is going to be cast iron at some point that this is or actually it's already taken those roots this is what it is there's yeah. no you know so everything you're going to be involved in going forward you already know because yeah. you've lived it already mm-hmm. you're just getting to be able to express it in different ways and give it to different people yeah that's awesome and there's no there's no trauma or pain that i haven't experienced there's right. nothing that you can tell me that i could not figure out how to articulate um, or how to help you process, how to help you understand. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I, I didn't realize 
my art could do was help people heal. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. Um, and I remember performing that same poem, Little Black Boy, at a show that I did in 2018. And at the time, I was working as a domestic violence advocate. Mm-hmm. And I was stationed in um, court. I won't get into too many details. Um, <laughs> but I was working in a court. And um, some of the court staff came to my show. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we, we want to see you perform. You know, um, one of the ladies who brought her husband. Mm-hmm. And I was standing... The, the way I was standing, I could only see one person, and it was the person sitting directly in front of me because of all the spotlights. Mm-hmm. He was sitting right there, and he had his arms crossed. I'm he talking was a to you, older white guy, yeah. um, clearly out of his element, being in even the neighborhood my show was in. Mm-hmm. He looked uncomfortable. His arms were crossed. He just looked tight. Like I could tell, she made him come. He mm-hmm. was not trying to spend his Friday night at no Black Lives Matter poetry show. Um, so I'm like, whatever, I still got to do the poems, right? So I formed that poem, and I remember having an intermission. He came up to me crying. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I never thought about it from that perspective. Mm-hmm. And that word perspective is kind of stuck in my head. So I'm like, if all we have to do is just think about something a little bit differently to help us help each other. This world could be a much better place. Just so much better, so much easier. We wouldn't have an idiot invading another country just because he wants the space. Because he's bored, right? Because he's power hungry. Mm -hmm. So um, that's when I kind of realized that like these words are offering a perspective to people who never had to think about us um, in a way that would validate what we say. Mm -hmm. We're out there protesting, we're marching. Um, So that's when I was like, okay, okay. I'm I'm a counselor right now. I'm a community organizer. Like, I need to take that trauma-informed care. I need to take those principles of organizing, that power mapping, all of those ideas, and figure out how to mesh this all into this very pretty package that rhymes. Mm-hmm. Um, the revolution will rhyme. That's how, we, that's how we got to the revolution. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm a huge uh, Nat Turner fan. Okay. Um, based on... Just Nat Turner was just awesome, mm-hmm. right? Like, no, we, we're going. <laughs> and we're going to kill them, by yeah. the way. Now that, you know, I've seen what they've done, right? Just knowing that, you know, he they gave him a voice mm-hmm. and did not expect that the voice that they gave him was going to get him to be able to free yeah. a lot of people and then have that force behind it. Yeah. Saying, look at all these things they've done to you. Strike back fight back right Um, there's something to be said about being passive about it but you have to fight back Mm -hmm. and fight back is can be interpreted in so many different perspectives right Um, but in this case you know he got a chance to manipulate the system that was manipulating him Mm -hmm. right they couldn't get people to buy into um, religion as a, a whole right so they taught him how to read the bible and used him to go around and get the slaves in order with their Bible, right? Reading their words and stuff, right? right? And he used it and started spinning the language that they could hear and they understood. And that's how he, so they took him to the places that he built up the slave revolt at. Yeah. Awesome. Genius. Hey, I was like, yo, this dude is just. I'm not even going to lie. I haven't, I've never said this in public, 
but that's how sometimes I feel mm-hmm. when it's the city giving me this platform mm-hmm. because it's like when you hear me I'm talking about challenging power mm-hmm. I'm talking about reminding you that the, the people have the power like these officials we hired them so we could fire them so for them to be like alright here's a mic jail mm-hmm. and then I just go from hood to hood being like listen that's <laughs> how you know they're not listening too you know, they're seeing the, that wave and they're like, I want to be a part of that because it could help them. Right. There, there are some that are, you know, on board and say, yeah. I hear you and I want to do this because I'm in this for that reason as well. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm making a difference in the way I can do it. I understand that. But there are some that are just like, oh, it's poetry. I had somebody to reach out to me. It was like, can you do diversity and um, equity and inclusion? And I was just like. I don't think you understand what that matter yeah. means, right? That you're asking me to come in and speak to your staff about those three very specific words. Mm-hmm. Because if you did, you would have been doing this a long time ago. Yeah. This would have, so you must have some money set aside that you want to put in there. And well, I'm, you know. I'm going to hit you for it because what we're going to do is Matt Turner. Yeah. I'm going to give the language, but I'm also going to be very frank about what I say because... Mm-hmm. The only way for us to get through this, and it's always been the same way, is through the truth. Yeah, so, that's it. Um, so, do you have any advice for aspiring poets, writers, business owners, speakers, community activists? Because, <laughs> man, <laughs> you're in all of that. Oh, that is so funny. <laughs> you should have seen it when I wrote the question. I was cracking up. I was like, yeah, this sums it up. <laughs> You can um, talk to them all at one time. <laughs> that's hilarious. Sheesh, I go a lot. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't even in. mention the nine to five, so yeah. I'm going to let that one slide. <laughs> um, lean in. Lean in. Make up your mind that you're going to do it and do it. Um, I go to the gym. Probably, like, after I leave here, that's, that's where I'm going to go. I go in a good week, four times, mm. a bad week, two or three, depending on if I have a lot of performances. Um, when I'm at the gym, when I'm in the locker room, the girls are always in there like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. I want my butt to look this. I want my thighs to be smaller. I don't want my, you know. Um, You're not in there to be healthy. I'm in there to get disciplined. Right. Right. It's a purely disciplined thing. Um, it's making a commitment to myself that I'm going to do something and holding myself accountable mm. without needing somebody to be my accountability partner or to be like, hey, Jill, you go to the gym today? Right. No, I, I'm going to do this. And then if I don't do it, it's going to hit me where it hurts because I'm still paying the gym, gym membership, yeah. right? So <laughs> that's the accountability right there. Yeah. Um, find something to help you learn discipline. And it's okay to find that discipline outside of your focus, right? Your, my discipline isn't, I didn't find discipline through writing. Mm-hmm. I'm through going to the gym. Mm-hmm. Right? So find find a way to be disciplined and then lean in mm-hmm. and then be about it. Like whatever you say you're about, let that reflect in everything that you do. Mm-hmm. Because the moment that somebody can walk up to you and be like, walk up to me, right? Be like, well, you say you care about black communities, but I saw this video, this Facebook live, and you mm-hmm. in the background jumping somebody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Be about what you're going to be about. Because if you're in it for a money grab, it's not going to be sustainable. Mm-hmm. It won't. It's not lucrative at all. It's not. It has the other thing. Mm-hmm. I, I am now at the point where I'm making money as an artist. Mm-hmm. But I've been performing for five years. Yeah. Five. My first year as a performer, at the end of the year, my income 
from poetry was negative four hundred dollars. Yeah, he was putting more in. Putting more in than I was getting out of it. But I had to lean in mm-hmm. and I had to be about it. So that would be those my trials and tribulations. Advice. Yep, lean in. If you about it, if you say you about it, be about it and find a way to discipline yourself. Because once you have those three things, your tunnel vision really will kick in. And there's really nothing that, that can happen, whether it's life, natural things, COVID happened, mm-hmm. right? That changed a lot of artists' life. They still had to survive it. Yeah. yeah. But well, a lot of us just had to pivot yeah. because we're still about it. I'm about the mission. I'm not about the performing. Right. So, yeah, that would be my advice. Well, I want to tell you uh, before we wrap up that um, word, the discipline word has been my word for the week. Yeah. Coming back through the stages of grief for the last five months, mm-hmm. uh, getting that the acceptance part, um, which was really interesting learning that you have to grieve um, over the loss of a job the same way you grieve yeah. over the loss of a, I've never had that experience. So, yeah. um, and it was funny because I do workshops and I train mm-hmm. on um, grief, right? Not so much grief counseling, but um, the stages of grief. Right. I didn't know I was going through them until someone else told me. Yeah. And I was in a workshop, right? I had to take wow. that down and visit this workshop. And they pointed out in the workshop. And then I had an epiphany. I was like, oh, I'm actually going through this, yeah. right? Like, I didn't yeah. see what I had been. I can teach it. But so um, this word discipline, um, I started listening to Les Brown again. Okay. Motivational speaker. Yep. So um, this entire week, getting up in the morning, listening to Left Brown, over and 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 over, and the theme of discipline, mm-hmm. you have to discipline, right? Yeah. Has been rammed in my head so much, and for you to say that, right, in this conversation, mm-hmm. it's it's just what it is. Yeah. Right. So I'm truly inspired. Right. You inspire me. I did not know that you would inspire me when I first met you many years ago, right? That's the way this life works, Mm -hmm. right? We run into and around and away from people all the time and never know how that person's going to impact your life, Mm -hmm. right? At one of the hardest times of my life, I was able to go through some of the things that you're, you're doing and be inspired to listen to some of your work and be inspired to read some of your work and be inspired and to think about, critically think about what the title uh, first Poet Laureate for the City of Buffalo meant, which is why I was able to, to give you that the way as heavy as I could, because I really thought about the impact that's going to happen mm-hmm. and not wish that it was me and not be jealous and not sit here and say, I could have did that. And I just, but to look at it and go, I met her a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And now I see where she is today and I am in full swing with everything that you have become, right? It's just who you are, your life. God has truly blessed you to be able to do this thing that's just a part of your life and has and will be forever. And I am only um, able to see and read that from a distance and truly appreciate it and be fully inspired to go back and be more disciplined on the things that I need to do, starting with 
booking more of these podcasts because this is what I like to do. Yeah. Preparing myself more with DJing because that's what I like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I like being out in the public, finding myself strategically in places where I'd like to be, <clears throat> not just doing it for whatever, giving back. Yeah. Right. Um, and just be me. Yeah. Be more of me more often. Mm-hmm. And that, that will take a certain amount of discipline because uh, who I thought I was, the mask I was wearing, I felt popular, all the things that were um, going with the ego, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I'm in this high position, which I worked hard to get to. Right. And all the crap, right? My resume reads like a book, mm-hmm. right? Of things that I've accomplished in someone else's area. And when I look at my life, and the, like I said, I live my life in many lives, right? Right. I look at this section of my life as that new beginning. And now I can rewrite and blend in a lot of those things that I really enjoyed in the other lives that I lived yeah. and do it for me this time. And like, do the things that's going to go on your obituary, not the things that's going to go on the resume. There you go. That's what I always say. I don't, I don't know. Nobody cares about my resume. There you go. I don't even, you know. Oh, and there was something else I wanted to mention, which I thought um, I'd also bring up, which was awesome, that you said on your Facebook account um, about people... When you tell people that you're a poet, yeah, and they they look like, oh, that's a oh, great that's hobby, yeah. yeah, like mm, read about Jillian. <laughs> I don't think you can possibly understand the depth of this person that is sitting across from me um, at the tender age of twenty nine, right? Wrecking this year, wrecking life at the tender age of twenty nine, and has amassed an overwhelming accomplishments in seven, eight years mm-hmm. of just putting her head down, being disciplined and doing the work. Yeah. And it's, it's inspiring me. So uh, I just want to thank you for coming by the Purple Rain Studio. I'm jumping on the podcast. It's been oh. truly my pleasure. This is one for the history books. <laughs> <laughs> um, because again, I when I met you a while ago, I didn't you know, really think about the effect that a person's going to have, not only on your life, Mm-hmm. But on life in general. So I'm so happy that God blessed me to be able to meet a person like you that long ago and for us to continue going forward. Um, and, you know, for you to continue to not only inspire me, but inspire a whole generation of people to come. Like, yeah. to come. That's the, that's really big. Uh, so I want to thank you for just being you because it's important that more people are themselves and you are the living experience you are the living reflection of what light can be when it's just the light and you don't have to try and shine for other people. You just shine. That's what you do. Yeah. So the last song I'm going to play um, in our musical interlude here yeah. is going to be by Conway the Machine featuring Jill Scott entitled Chanel Pearls. Did I say that right? Chanel, Chanel Pearls. Yeah. Um, and again, I just heard the song, but I heard your poem, Who's the Boss, um, which, you know, it's either or, right? A poem, a rap, or whatever, yeah. right? You blended it very well. Um, so it was really well written. Um, the production was really nice. It's really, and if you guys need something to listen to or just want to get into that vibe, go to her SoundCloud account. And she has a probably about five, eight songs on yeah. there, eight poems, poems, songs, all intertwined. 
Um, and you can see how she's grown yeah. <laughs> through her poetry yeah. um, over a period of time. So that's when you encapsulate stuff like that, that's the funny part. I yeah. often listen to my CD and laugh yeah. because my voice was didn't have any bass. I always say if you don't listen to your old stuff or read your old stuff and like kind of laugh, like, girl, then you didn't grow. You were stripping. Yeah. <laughs> what was you thinking? Yeah, I do that. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to listen to um, Conway the Machine from Buffalo, by the way. Yes. Um, well, actually from Atlanta, but it was shot in Buffalo. Um, and he survived. Um, he's got a, actually, I listened to that CD too, so thank you for that. Yeah, it's. I didn't expect it to yeah. be what it is. Like it's, he's so nice. Yeah. Like he's a genuinely kind person. Well, I'm I'm happy he did it this way because this body of work is different than the other body of works that he's done. Yes. Right. And he talked about uh, Kanye's influence on this body of work, mm-hmm. doing something like we just finished talking about original. Something you right and how you feel and you can I, I really like it because he talks about a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. There's substance to it. So, yeah. Um, and then the production and then I, I'm like that. Even when I go to the movies, I'm looking at cinematography and I'm listening to the writing and I'm trying the to enjoy my artwork. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I'm, I was I really enjoyed this album, yeah. but this song in particular, um, when I heard uh, Jill Scott yeah. rhyme on it, I looked at the mirror image. With you and Jill Scott, right? I love her. I always say that I was named after her. Even I couldn't have been right. right. Um, <laughs> you didn't, <laughs> we know. didn't know who she was right. when I was born, but I am just so in awe of just her. She's just like just her energy. Her well, she sounds just like you. That who's the boss? I was like, whoa. And I know I said this before we started, but that who's the boss? I released that on SoundCloud. Maybe in 2018, mm-hmm. um, 2019. So it's, it's an older piece. So for that song, this song that we're about to hear, it just came out like a week ago. Yeah. So for it to hear, like you can really understand that she is a big influence on my artistry. Yeah, but you <laughs> did this. And I don't think I've ever heard. I mean, I've heard Jill Scott be provocative before, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But the way her rhymes are written and this is... <laughs> Yeah, so I've heard her do poetry, yeah. and I've heard her do spoken word. I've never heard her Mixing rhyme and rap like rap, this, right? Yeah. So for you to do that and then to come right behind it and listen to her yeah. do the exact same thing blew my mind. I was like, this is just a parallel thing. It just sounds awesome. So yeah. I want to congratulate her for sounding like you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what it went. That's that's where I went with that. So, that's a compliment. Oh, that's a compliment. man, that was off the chain when I blew my mind. I was like, whoa, wait, what? Whoa, hold up. I thought I just heard. But then her, her you know, she veered off into a different world with that yeah. verse. Yeah. But I definitely got the flow when everything else went with yeah. the, uh, who's the boss and how you did that. So congratulations, Jill Scott, by the way. <laughs> um so, again, uh, just give us your social media contact information so people know where to find you, where to book you, where to, you know, whatever. Yep. So you can contact me. You can find me on Facebook at Poet Jillian Hainsworth, Instagram at Poet underscore Jillian underscore Hainsworth, or you can visit my website at jillthepoet.com. If you do want to contact me for booking, um, please do so through my website. Um, a lot of people hit me up on Facebook, Instagram. Um, and I respond as often as I can, but I get a lot of Facebook messages. So it might get lost if you 
contact me that way. So always go to my website. Again, that's jodapoet.com. Yeah, you need somebody to work with you, just like I was saying earlier. <laughs> I need help. <laughs> okay. So, um, again, thank you. We're going to play this song. We can vibe out to this song, um, and then you can talk to my wife about her, the book. Yes, get her a library. The, the library thing for the front, and she'll be excited about that. Um, um, but it's definitely been my pleasure, and I, I appreciate everything that you do. Keep going, because yes. not only because I'm watching and it's helping inspire me, but there are a lot of people that you don't know that are watching that you are inspiring and helping become better versions of themselves. All right. And thank you for having me. Oh, no problem. Hope this isn't the last time. No, no. Even if you, <laughs> you want to reach out to me and let me know, I'm down for that too. Okay. And just say, hey, I want to talk about this. Let's do this. <laughs> and then and I'm fine with that too because okay, my cool. content is limited. <laughs> yeah. I'm, as we talked about, an artist. Yeah. So uh, my last season, my last yeah, season mm-hmm. was uh, cognac and cigars. Oh, nice. So we were sitting around drinking cognac, smoking yeah. cigars, and we were listening to music. Wow. And That's then fire. we would get on and talk about the music we were listening to and stuff like that and having a great time. So I did one about the Central Park Five. Okay. Um, oh, I got to meet and open up for Yusuf Salam. <sighs> the stuff that they put them kids through, boy. Yeah. Makes just you just want to burn it all down. I'm telling you. No, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> See, now yeah, we'll do the Bob that. Marley another day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But again, if you want to reach out, say, "Hey, this is what I want to do." Not yeah. an issue. Give me a call. Um, even if you want me to engineer something that you want to do, give me a call. And say, "Hey, what's up?" Blah blah blah. All right. All right. Thank you for stopping by again. This is Neat Comma Straight Up or On the Rocks, a podcast that asks you, "How do you like your life? How do you like your life?" I'm like good. Thank you. <laughs> Chanel Pearls. This is Chanel Pearls by Conway the Machine and uh, Jill Scott. Uh, cutting through in the rows. Draco on the seat. I hope I'm making it home. Head on the swivel, I always stay on my toes The ones you love most wanna know what your safe really hold No morals in the streets now, niggas breaking the cold Smoke a blunt of pressure, this fame is taking its toll I'm thankful ain't no shows, I need a break from the road Put niggas in position, they still ungrateful, it shows It's fucking up my energy, shit is making me cold My life a series of drama just like them HBO shows When I die, I'm going out like the Pharaoh draped me in gold I'm still gonna run this shit till I'm 80 years old They realizing lately I'm the one that's been taking control Private table, car bones when we leave Miami Beach And I brought Santa Beach, your kiss tastes like a can of peaches You got that shit on you, killing them, that's just saying the least You about to get away with murder, you my Annalise Got you the bust down Cardi, that's 30 bands at least Chanel pearls, Chanel bag, hold that Lambo key You always held me down, you knew me back when I ran the street Back when if you wanted some weight, then I was the man to see Back when I was trapping with a scale and some paraphernalia Now when I'm buying drip, I get measured and tailored My accomplishments, some of my day ones never was there for I just realized they feel like my success is they failure yeah. You wanna be a boss, you be resilient when pressure gon' build up. Some niggas gon' have issues with you and never gon' tell you. We, we, uh. We filled the buffalo night skies with our minds and sativa. I was your lady, your confidant, your sugar thighs, your soul believer. I know you. So I never trip. Fuck the little girls that you hit, waiting for the change they might get. They wanted that highlight from all the monster stones that you chip. 
All the little bags you bag and all the corners you sit Intense, some would call it symbiotic Different, and every part is simple intense Why I fuck with you most was the you that I get It was the rhymes that you spit, your confidence in the dick Why we stayed close, we wasn't monolithic My lane taught you some game, you got me nice with a blip In that apartment on May Street Play Wu and Ella Fitzgerald, I read Nietzsche, you let me sleep Woke me up with a big ass smile to eat some pussy More than cloaks, more than kinky, more than blood, I know you feel me Even in the Taliban, hand in our hands Lyric, oh, artisan, you'll never know the whole plan You'll never know Even in the Taliban, a pen in our hands Lyric, oh, artisan, you'll never know Neat, comma, straight up, or on the rocks. A podcast that asks you, how do you like your life? A podcast that asks you, how do you like your life?